0: Hot town, summer is shitty. Wearing costumes gets hot and gritty. I'm sweating. I hate it so much. I really don't like wearing costumes in the summer. Me neither. (laughs) So, uh, welcome to... Surprise! (laughs) Welcome to this episode of Fashion History with American Duchess. I am your songtress, Abby. Did you just do that off the top of your head? I totally did. My goodness. (laughs) And I'm Lauren. (laughs) Um, And today, we are going to make... Bad puns, and talk about costuming in the summer. Yes. So, um, the reenactor
1: season is... Summer. Guess what? It's in the summer. Um, it's hot. It's hot in, in most summer. of these places because... <laughs> It's that summer! Is, <laughs> mad dogs, Englishmen, and, uh, I think Englishmen are smarter than this now, but mad dogs, Englishmen, and historic reenactors <laughs> will go out in the noonday sun <laughs> uh, when, when the people that they portrayed from the past wouldn't be
0: quite so stupid as that. No. So how do we deal Yeah, with the heat? With the heat as, as costumers and reenactors. So we actually put this question out, um, or the call for questions actually, out on our Facebook page uh several weeks ago and got a bunch of questions from people um so and and some good suggestions and some good suggestions too and so we're going to talk about what feedback we got what questions we have and just our own personal experiences um i think it is important to note that i am part lizard and so i am probably you like the heat i like the heat and i like the sun i grew up in louisville kentucky um which is the Ohio River Valley area? A lot of humidity there, and then I've actually spent the past five years or so in Tidewater, Virginia, which is swampland. Hell on earth, basically. <laughs> I'm not the first person to describe it no. like that. By the way, that's a historical reference. <laughs> and and now, of course, I live in in cold northern, frigid, it's, dry Reno. It's, you know. it's okay. It's, it's beautiful dry. now.
1: It's dry. So the flip side of Abby's coin is is me. Um, mm-hmm. I have lived in high desert for most of my life Mm -hmm. i enjoy the high desert because we have like no humidity if we have six points of humidity on a day i can feel it i'm uncomfortable so when we travel for events such as jane austen festival in in louisville kentucky i'm so excited (laughs) um, i'm concerned about survival dying dying in in the humidity and the heat it's more the humidity That's yeah. a problem. Um, and I'll be like, I mean, my skin is great. I can breathe again. And I'll be peeling mine off. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a horrible that's image. That's graphic. Uh, so, he, we have tips and tricks and ideas mm-hmm. and suggestions mm-hmm. for how to deal with heat mm-hmm.
0: in uh, costume. Yeah. So, the first one that is probably the most obvious is textile choice. Oh my gosh, Yes. Um, in the summer months, people would notoriously wear linen first, um, which is made from the flax plant, as the coolest textile to wear. Historically speaking. Yeah, historically speaking. And you can too, and and should. And should. Um, so, linen is, like I said, made from the flax plant. So, you know, those flax seeds we're supposed to eat because they're good for you. Um, they also make plants that make excellent fiber for fabric. Um... And this is a fiber that
1: uh, disperses. Yes, it's, sweat. A, it's
0: since it's a reed, um, and you're using the interior um, of the reed plant, and that's what's used to make the linen. It naturally is developed to wick away moisture because it's sucking moisture out of the ground and up, right? So that same kind of ability is 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 a part of the textile makeup itself. So it is extraordinarily good. It is the best at taking your sweat and perspiration, wicking it away from your body, but then also allowing it to pass through to evaporate. So that way you will stay cool and dry and comfortable, so unlike your, cotton.
1: So your shifts and, and underclothes being made in linen is vitally important. Now, mm-hmm. Abby told me this a couple years ago, um, and I was like, well, linen, it's expensive, I can't find it, <laughs> yeah. Cotton's fine. And then I, you know, I joined the club and I finally made myself a proper linen shift. And let me tell you. All the difference. Oh my word. It is, it's night and day. And you wouldn't think. It's like, it's just a shift, right? Well, we think cotton is... Being cool, cool and comfortable, too. Well, it was marketed to uh, yeah. to us in that way.
0: Well, and, and, you know, for, when they started hundred, doing that, when the cotton industry took over in America in the 19th century, and all of a sudden, that's when underwear started going to cotton as well because it was a part of the American economic manufacturing structure. That's why we stopped using linen for our undergarments. If you want to test this
1: theory um, without making yourself a linen shift... Buy yourself a nice linen, one hundred percent linen shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from uh, J. Crew. J. I get mine from J. Crew or J. somewhere, and have a similar cotton shirt, similar weight and mm-hmm. all, and wear them both and see. See it on a hot day. See what how happens you when you feel. sweat. See what happens mm-hmm. when you sweat. I'm going to be completely honest here. I am a sweaty bitch. <laughs> I sweat all the time i sweat all the time i don't it's probably because i drink so much coffee and it's terrible because i have to think We're about these things leaded. with my my mm-hmm. gowns sweating through my gowns destroying the underarms of my mm-hmm. dresses which
0: is historically accurate though. which is
1: accurate but when you're wearing something that you've made a lot of you know time and money into mm-hmm. or a vintage yeah. thing you know it's what do i do Linen is what, linen underclothes is one of the ways mm-hmm. that you can deal with this in mm-hmm. a historical manner. I've also seen people say wear underarmor under, under yeah. your costume but, but frankly, that's not historically accurate. It's not accurate and that and underarmor is polyester, mm-hmm. which is also hydrophobic.
0: Mm-hmm. The same way that, that notes. But quite it's gonna keep way. it on you versus getting yeah. it off of you. Yeah. So it, it's good to wick a, to keep rain off of you, sure, but you don't want it necessarily next to your skin because it's going to keep all your sweat on you, and that's super, super nasty. Um, cotton, and, and probably a lot of people like, cotton, cotton, cotton. The cotton plant, the, what we use to make cotton fiber uh, fabric from, it's, a, it's essentially like a flower, right? So it's, 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 it has a different, um, it serves a different purpose in the plant than, say, what we use to make linen out of. So cotton will wick away, the sweat and perspiration from your body, but it's not good about letting it go and allowing it to evaporate. Yeah. The flower, the plant is meant to hold it. Yeah. Because yeah. of the, the climate in which it grows. Yeah, so it's meant to hold on some moisture. So it'll pull it off of you, but it won't allow it to evaporate like linen will. So that's why cotton's not as good. Yeah, and it, it goes without saying
1: here, um, and we're gonna get into some of the other textiles too. Yeah, the other the other two begins. Um, But we, we should've started with this. If it's hot, don't wear man-made fibers.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. You Just will don't. regret it. Don't actually... I mean, like, you've had good experiences with some faux taffetas, and I know other people have, but honestly... Not in hot weather. Not um, in hot weather, though. In in a rainstorm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is my 18th century rain jacket. Um, yeah, uh, no but,
1: kidding. But not in hot weather. It's, it's one of the worst choices mm-hmm. you can make. Yeah. Um, when I first started costuming the you first have... costume i made was made from uh blackout curtains that i bought at Savers. that oh had like a vinyl coating on the back Ugh. i wanted to make a beautiful elizabethan gown beautiful as, mm-hmm. uh... anyway um i did i made it it was a horror to sew even on the machine and I wore it to Nevada <laughs> Renaissance Fair, uh, in Northern California, and it was like hundred and fifteen degrees that day, which was extraordinarily high. That whole summer was really hot, way back in two thousand and five or six or so. Uh, but I, I was there with the heat stroke. I was mm. there because I had wrapped myself in, in vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? So heavy curtains and vinyl. Yeah. So it still took me you know, several Mm -hmm. years to be able to justify several, many. Years to justify well, didn't buying you? the silk or the real wool or the real, you know, the really nice the cottons and
0: stuff. But wasn't it like back in the day when we first started our blogs. Mine, my independent blogs, now pretty much defunct. But when you started American Duchess and I started staying alive, I remember. Didn't you have this thing where you're like, I'm gonna make an outfit only like spending like ten dollars or less or not? Oh, like, did you have like a thing about that? Yeah, I was trying to to be
1: budget conscious yeah. and all of that. I was. Um, it was a challenge, I think I called it the Recessionistas Challenge, something like that. <laughs> Whoa, really dipping back into the archives. Date ourselves there. Uh, hello, we're <laughs> millennials. <laughs> yeah, no I'm kidding. Um, and, and I was on the boat of like, well, I can only, I want to make my dresses and stuff, but I can only make what I can afford. Yeah. Um, and to this day, there are certain uh, events and things that I'm like, okay, for instance, I'm making some uh, puffy harem pants. Yes, to go with an an uh, my gala gown for costume mm-hmm. colors this year. They go under several layers of other other garments that go on top. They're made out of a, a grapefruit pink faux taffeta because I don't care Mm-mm. about them enough, and they're under all these other things. And it's inside, and it's air conditioned and there's no dancing there's no mm-hmm. heat or anything and you're making almost like a costume within a costume it it's like it's a costume and it's something i had on hand i'm not embarrassed to be using not mm-hmm. real silk for these ridiculously huge puffy pants that i'm mm-hmm. only ever going to wear on this one occasion yeah but i will tell you that the rest of the pieces of the gown are real silk because yeah. i plan to wear them again for other yeah for other purposes and, and it's, in other ways it's easier it, so, working
0: with natural textiles has a a lot of benefits to absolutely it it comes to working with it i am
1: hating every second of sewing <laughs> sewing these puffy harem pants now imagine wearing them in the summer i hate sewing it and i would never ever ever wear them to mm-hmm. a hot event you know if costume collars took place outside in august or in late july no way mm-hmm. no but in, I, in fact
0: i wouldn't even be wearing silk at all no well that actually brings us to uh, uh, our next point when it comes to the different textiles um they, there is evidence of people wearing silk in the summer, in the 18th century. Do we recommend it? No. <laughs> it's it's um, the hottest. It's, it is it hotter is, than wool. It is hotter than wool. Um, silk is the most insulating uh, fabric that you can get your hands on. It is the least breathable. And, uh, and this is of the four natural historic yeah, fibers. Um, it's, it, it can be terribly <laughs> uncomfortable to wear. Um, but obviously, sometimes you're still going to want to wear it. So that's when um, textiles, historic textiles like lead string, um, you see them being used, and that's what you see being used in the summer. So are very, very light, very thin, white, lightweight silks. Plain weave silks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So no, no heavier materials. Not, even like a regular silk taffeta is a little bit. It's still it can be awful to yeah. wear. It's a bit roasty. So yeah. instead, the better choices are. Linen, mm-hmm. cotton, and wool, and wool. And a lot of people go, but wool's hot. You wear wool in the winter time to stay warm. Um, yes, you do. But a lot of people forget that wool. You know, wool comes from the sheep. It's it's the fur from the sheep. Sheep fur. Sheep sheep, sheep, fur. <laughs> sheep fur. Um, and it actually is really good at self-regulating. So if you need to be warm, it'll keep you warm. If you need it, if, if it's hot, it'll actually help maintain a steady body temperature. And you can buy really fine worsted wools that are, are basically sheer. Um, I used to have a gown out of, out of a very lightweight worsted wool and the only reason I never wore it in the summer was because it was dark navy blue. And so it was too dark of a color, which is another point to make. Um, if it had been like a natural or lighter color wool, I totally would have worn it in the summer because it would have been incredibly comfortable to wear.
1: And another benefit of wool is has to do, again, with sweat Mm -hmm. and what happens to the moisture. And is there a smell that remains? Mm -hmm. And in the wool gowns that I've had, which haven't been very many until recently, what I've noticed is they don't tend to hold Mm -hmm. on to smells no, um they
0: seem to be kind of antimicrobial. Yeah. So Same thing wool and linen. Yeah, wool and linen are both antimicrobial and antibacterial just naturally.
1: So you let that air out mm-hmm. and you're fine. And you're fine. You can
0: wash wool, you d- never ever dry it in like no. the dryer or anything. No. You wash it by hand and let it But hang even then you don't really need to do that. If dry, you air it out and then spray it with um if if you're sweaty and a little bit more odorous as a as a Person. You can always, um, it's a theater trick. I like to say fragrant. <laughs> okay. Um, High-grain alcohol, so vodka. Really cheap vodka. Like, cheap vodka, if you can get your hands on Everclear, if it's legal in your state. That sprayed into the armpits will kill all the bacteria. Yeah, good stuff. And so, brain cells too. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. What are you guys
0: doing? Spraying down <laughs> our gowns. We got a two-day
1: reenactment here. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, wool is actually a really good choice. Mm-hmm, Just, I mean, obviously, you're not going to want big, mm-hmm. big felted, no, heavy, no, no, no. We're talking fine wool, worsted wool. Yeah, like, like I would almost say suiting, like thinner than, thinner, than even thinner that, even thinner than suiting, closer
0: so- to a gabardine, I think gabardine yeah that would be yeah, a gabardine's a, a more modern
1: textile but mm-hmm. it's very similar if you're in a pinch it's a not a mm-hmm. bad
0: choice 100% mm-hmm.
1: wool gab um, good good stuff so your textile choice is
0: the biggest is, choice it's probably the biggest choice it's um, the biggest choice so um, color what else? comes next obviously um, light colors versus dark colors yes, that that seems pretty obvious but we all know that person who wants to wear um, you know a dark blue gown and and a event in July or something like that. I'm not raising Um, my hand at all. uh, uh, (laughs) um, I just want to be pretty. Yeah, well... (laughs) It's really pretty. Um, There were, you know, discussions about how southern colonies in the 18th century would turn white in the summer, and that's because everyone was wearing white fabrics or light-colored fabrics. And
1: that that persists
0: Um, through the 20th century as well. Um, And, you know, even, like, the, the rules that came about in the 20th century, you know, never wear white after Memorial Day or, or no, Labor Day or something. You wanna wear it after Memorial Day, um, things like that. And even, um, I think, in like Brighton and, and Bath um, oh, in yeah. England, there was talk about, it, especially in the summer months, that people would wear more white because it reflects the light or reflects the sun. It helps bounce the sun off of you and the white won't absorb the heat. Um, so, so that's the other thing, wear light color so a summer event is a great time to really exercise your love of printed cottons mm-hmm. um, with flower, flowers and stuff because they're going to be very fashionable if that's what you're going for they're, they can be very expensive if that's what you're going for if you want to look, you know, wealthy and upper middle class and a lot of them have white backgrounds so they'll be comfor- more comfortable to wear and there's more printed cottons accurate printed cottons available now than there are never uh, have been. for a long time well since colonial Williamsburg had their exhibition open they've had they've released a lot of printed cottons to yeah. to go with that exhibition and really some of lovely. them are really lovely um, so so yeah color is very important the next point that I want to make and this is something that I am a huge fan of and also is very counterintuitive for modern people is to cover up <laughs> Do not walk around with out a hat on, with no kerchief on, with your arms exposed. We we are all familiar with boob burn. <laughs> the, burn the, like, the red it's, fair, it's worse bright. than like a farmer's tan. Um, I from, got like, one a go rain actor's right now. tan. When... On a cross, it's <laughs> um, embarrassing. A lot of people will, you know, because today we value tan skin. We we are we love to go lay on the beach well, and sunbathe. Well, we don't, but no, because no, we're pale. Does. society yeah. does? Um, but the the thing is, is like that's completely counterintuitive to actually staying cool and comfortable. Um, because what I used to always tell people when they would question me on this, and I might have told, given you this analogy too, think about cooking a chicken. Right? You got this whole chicken. It's de-feathered, but you you need to cook it. If you just put it into the oven and just let it sit there, it'll cook, but it's probably gonna dry out, the skin is going to burn, and it's not gonna be that pleasant. When you roast a chicken though, if you cover it up, it keeps the juices in and it won't burn. The skin won't burn the same way. Think of us as, uh, yourself, as the chicken, and the sun is the heating element in the oven. So by covering yourself up, you might sweat a lot, but you're not going to burn. Um. Well, the, the case in point with this is um, Abby and
1: I have been, of course, working on our gowns for Jane Austen Fest. Mm-hmm. And I'm incredibly concerned, like I said earlier, about overheating and mm-hmm. getting sunburnt um, at Locust Grove, where mm-hmm. the event takes place. The choice I made for my gown, mm-hmm. which is in progress, of course, is long sleeves. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten questions of, why are you wearing a long sleeve dress to, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's, that's going to be seems hot. counterintuitive. It seems counterintuitive, but I don't want the sun on my arms. You don't want to get burned. With no way to cover up. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm thinking my sleeve cuffs are almost a little short. I want them to come down over my hands to mm-hmm. keep the tops of my hands, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from, from burning at the same time, your neckline, um, you need to cover that up too. Mm-hmm. So this goes into one of your favorite subjects, Abby, about
0: kerchiefs <laughs> and yeah. chevy sets and And, and all that fun, fun, good stuff. But it, it is one of those things where it does seem counterintuitive, but by having that layer of fabric over your arms, it's going to, the sun, it's going to act as SPF, and you're also not gonna have the direct heat on your arm. You'll still be warm, but it's not gonna be in the same way. And I will say, full disclosure, I have totally converted to this in modern life too. You will very rarely find me in the summer sleepless, very yeah. rarely. I will almost always have at least a, I have a lightweight cotton um, cardigan that's cream colored that I pretty much will wear throughout the entire summer because I don't want the sun to burn yeah. my skin and I, and I actually feel cooler when I cover up. I do the same thing when I go out
1: for um, events that are going to be non-costuming events mm-hmm that are going to be, you know, for instance, out at, at Stead Airport Yeah, yeah. and in, there's no mm-hmm. shade out there at all. I really have to think about what I'm going to wear. Yeah. I always take that linen long sleeve shirt mm-hmm. because you will get sunburned. Now, I'm tempted to take a cardigan or a sweatshirt or a mm-hmm. sweater or something, but if it's really hot, linen then the, the knit linen is, is too hot yeah. for yeah. me anyway, yeah, even hot, very yeah. thin knit. Yeah, uh, but the the woven linen or mm-hmm. woven cotton, if you know if that works too, just something yeah. to cover the arms, yep. then I survive. If yeah. not, I look like mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've been burnt to a crisp yeah. the next day. <laughs> so so going back though to the shemizat and kerchiefs, it goes to the same idea as wearing long sleeves or or maybe a single layer of linen mitts over your arms. Um, it's to help protect your neck, and depending on what time period we're looking at within the 18th century. Because um, obviously we're talking a lot about 18th century here, um, and you can make the same the jumps that you need to with other time periods. But you know, if you look at say the 1860s, they're wearing high necked things anyway, so this isn't a, the same kind of issue here. But if we're talking Regency time period, 18th century, you know the low necklines and things like that, you you want to cover them up by using a very thin linen or cotton. It's again, it's going to help protect your skin from the sun, help keep you cooler. Um, And also while finishing the work. And I know a lot of people who, at reenactments and things like that, they will actually dunk their... And I think this might have actually been a suggestion from one of our Facebook followers, too, to get your kerchief wet with cool water and then tuck that and put that around um, your neckline. And that will help, if you get are feeling really hot, that will help you cool down a little bit. It's like a... um...
1: It's like sweating. Mm-hmm. It's like helping with the sweating. It's yeah. doing the same thing that's evaporating off, and it makes mm-hmm. you feel cooler. And I will yeah. definitely be doing that. I <laughs> <at L-Scr-> grow <laughs> in so, July.
0: So, so yeah, that that really helps. And of course, wearing a hat too. Yeah. Um, you don't always have have large brimmed options with different
1: periods. Yes, um, if you can do bonnets, sometimes help as well. Mm-hmm. Veils. Face, are not a yes. bad idea either. And carrying umbrellas. And, yes, uh, mm-hmm. parasols. And most periods have some sort of sunshade that you can carry, like a parasol or a shade of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer to have a, an attractive boy following me around <laughs> with a, um, a, you know, hood
0: over <laughs> on sticks. <laughs> Several. I, where am I going with this? Wow. Was that out loud? Anyway. Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> bananas. So, um, so yeah, um, keeping the skin off of your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just but a beauty. Not the f- in the sun. not the sun keep off the... of your face. But so you have face. different ways of doing that. Another trick that um, I, I learned while working at Colonial Williamsburg um, is you see references to lining the bottom of hats in black silk. Um, oh, to, yeah. Because it, it actually helps shade the eyes as yeah. well. Light uh, hits the...
1: Sidewalk, oyster shells, it's awful. Dirt, whatever. And it bounces back up into your face. So you can get a sunburn on your face
0: mm-hmm.
1: while wearing a, a bonnet or a mm-hmm. hat. So when you see the, the dark and the black underlinings on what you think might should be, you know, straw or something, a hat, mm-hmm. it's because it's absorbing that light and mm-hmm. keeping it off your face. Yeah. It makes a huge, huge difference. That's also
0: why you see umbrellas, um, in the 18th century and early 19th century out of black silk or green silk, too. Uh, green was used for the same kind of reason, to absorb the light and to help um, help shade from the sun. Yeah, so do
1: do consider that. One um, mm-hmm. of the most successful costumes I've ever worn for all of these points, the hat, the gown, mm-hmm. the, the heat, everything, was a uh, chemise gown that I made for to take to Colonial Williamsburg a couple years ago. I wore it with a black... Uh, market hat, bonnet. Just bonnet. Uh, bonnet. Yeah. Got it. Black bonnet. And mm-hmm. I wore that every single day. But this gown, it stood up to the day that it rained. No problem. It stood up to the day that it was extremely hot. No problem. It was nice and cool. I made it out of cotton wall. Mm-hmm. If I had had enough lightweight linen, yeah. I would have made it out of well, like it's, lightweight but linen. But that's
0: a costuming problem there, to find a good yeah. lightweight linen that you can make these kinds of gowns out of you know, our linen selection nowadays is, is terrible. Yeah. Um, and so. it, it would have, I would have wanted it to be voile weight as well. But the yeah. wall,
1: the cotton voile did fine. It yeah. was long sleeved mm-hmm. and I wore a kerchief um, with it as well. I was completely covered mm-hmm. and I was cool, calm, and collected in Tidewater, yeah. Virginia. And I did not get sunburned on my face. I mm-hmm. didn't have to squint because mm-hmm. of the black,
0: mm-hmm. the bonnet, the underbrim of the bonnet. Yeah. It was fabulous. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions we were asked on our Facebook is if about lining the gowns. Um, let me see if I can pull up the exact questions. Um, okay, yeah, here it is. Would gowns that are unlined ever be worn? I don't line the sleeves of my summer gown, but what about the bodice? Um, so to answer that question, there are actually a couple of unlined gowns that survive in museum collections. There's actually one, it's an embroidered cotton. That's in the Met Museum, and it's um, an Italian gown. And you can see that they've—I pr- think they've felted the seams. Wow. Um, they may be mantle maker-seamed, but you can—you s- can definitely tell it's not lined. Um, so they do exist. Um, they're not common, and I think they probably would be a bit tricky to work with. Um, so, but there—there there are a couple that exist. I'd love in to. The world today. Uh, if
1: anybody wants to go research that specific topic mm-hmm. with looking for primary sources about them. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have hardly any in collections, but we also don't have a lot of original Polonaise gowns in collections, no. yet they were extremely popular for a period of time. Yeah. So that that's a whole other rabbit hole that I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go yeah, look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah. It doesn't mean I want to make one because flat felling basically sucks. Uh, <laughs> but it is interesting, and of course in the 19th century you do get Sheer and unlined gowns. Mm -hmm. Um, A really common, the common lining for 18th century is linen.
0: Tight woven linen. So, I mean, like, the fact that it is linen, it does help. There you go. When it comes to... Sucks up that, that moisture, those, disperses moisture. it. Yeah. In the 19th century, mm-hmm.
1: you get cotton, polished cotton linings mm-hmm. as the more common material yeah. further into, and then you get lots of unlined garments in the mm-hmm. late 19th century. Yeah. Um,
0: the, but you do see unlined sleeves. I I actually really love doing unlined sleeves as a way to deal with heat. Um, I, I don't know why, but to me, that's what makes it... Because like, you have stays on anyways, right? So what what's the difference between an extra layer of of linen there where you already have stains it's on just even
1: a structure it, for the bottom it's just yeah.
0: yeah it's it to me it doesn't make that much of a difference but for whatever reason like when you have unlined sleeves you're like oh yeah this is nice and cool and comfortable <laughs> um or, my, or a, line them in something really really thin yeah but i mean like, like my lining. 1820s dress the green silk one the original the sleeves are unlined in that hallelujah
1: good good mm-hmm. choices because i'm totally not lining those sleeves for that 1790s <laughs> yeah already filled the um, sleeve seams on those
0: so so yeah you do you do see that um stays is another thing in corsetry obviously in the regency time period and, and further into the 19th century corsets don't have a lot of boning in them compared to mm-hmm. to stays of the 18th century but they definitely had summer stays yeah um you see um summer and sporting
1: stays they're mm-hmm. made out of mesh or woven ribbons um are you talking
0: about 19th century ni- i'm sorry yes 19th I century like, i have never heard of this no, no, no. <laughs> 19th century um
1: corsets <laughs> excuse me corsets uh summer corsets yeah you can yeah
0: see lots of those in collections mm-hmm. and they're
1: fascinating
0: and they had them in the 18th century too i um uh, I, I myself have done it and a few other women i know have made summer weight stays um, two layers of linen, very little boning. They do give a slightly different body shape, um, much more softer, much thrustier, more transitional, you could say, um, to the 90s, but they also are brilliant in the summer. They make a huge difference versus half-boned or fully-boned stays, so yeah. so wearing more lightly-boned stays is, is one of the other ways that you could deal with the summer heat.
1: And even if you are making stays uh, and you want to make them fully-boned or, or heavier, <laughs> Uh, linen, 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 linen. Yep. I know we all want to make our stays out of pretty, pretty brocade or silk. And that, yeah. that that's fine. You go go for it. But if you're going to be wearing them in the summer, mm-hmm. um, linen's going to be your bestest of best friends. Mm-hmm. So at minimum, you want outer layer, inner layer, and then your lining, which you may or may not
0: put in there. Are you what, stays? Yes. Well, you're supposed to put a lining in, but if you're lazy like me, you don't.
1: Or you just really like... Looking at all the
0: Hold crazy handwork hand on the inside of yeah. your stays. So, um, but linen. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, that's a whole different thing altogether. But I think it just depends on what you're making your stays for. If you're making summer stays to go to events, I don't understand why you would waste your time using a pretty fabric when having a light, more natural color it is going to be better because then you can wear lighter fabrics. You could potentially experiment with unlining bonuses, things like that, if it's a more natural colored material you do a brightly colored or dark colored pair of stays, you have to then be conscious of how you're lining yeah. your gowns and what your gowns are made out of, because yeah. the color might show through, which is not necessarily something that you want.
1: Yeah, I have this problem right now with the latest pair of stays I made are green. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not a dark green, no. but they're they're green and they have flowers on them, and they're pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, oh wait, I can't wear these under this dress because this dress is made out of you know light ivory mm-hmm. taffeta uh what do i do mm-hmm. you know my stays might show through it's not a good thing mm-hmm. um the corset that i made for the 1790s dress in progress extremely lightly boned the shaping is all in the, s- the seams for the most part and it's two layers of white linen the eyelets are sewn with white they're not mm-hmm. grommets the lacing is white mm-hmm. white 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 Along with it. along with the the white shift, you mm-hmm. know, underneath all of that, it's going to be nice and cool,
0: hopefully. Mm-hmm.
1: And but it's, it's also not going to show.
0: It's not going to show through. Yeah. Um. So so that's something to keep in mind too when you're thinking about your summer wardrobe. Um. We had someone also ask, "What stockings do you wear when it's warm, even in a warm ballroom during the winter?" Uh. She goes on to say, "I wore thigh high silk stockings last time and overheated so badly. I switched to modern ankle socks." Um. <laughs> So this is kind of an interesting, to me this is an interesting question. There's a couple of nuances here in my answer. I think the first thing to to state that does not apply to us, but it did apply historically, is that there were linen stockings in the 18th century, and I assume that in the 19th century as well. This is what we call thread in the 18th century. So if you see a historic reference to thread, it's, it's going to imply linen. Um, so thread stockings is something that you'll see. Those are yeah. linen stockings. And cotton
1: as well. Cotton and, uh, as well. And later, well, earlier, later,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, Lille or Lyle mm. or Lissell mm. um, is cotton. Yeah, They don't make those anymore for mm. like um, vintage style in like 1920s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, Lille, Lille stockings are not made. Believe me, I have looked <laughs> for you all. Um, but I do have uh, an original pair from that early early 20th century and mm-hmm. they're amazing mm-hmm. they're they're incredibly different in general we don't recommend mm-hmm. modern um polyester based yeah fibers obviously or mm-hmm. wool um well, silk,
0: silk is you can hit or miss i'm okay with silk in the summer but yeah. it doesn't work for other people yeah i mean i usually just end up wearing probably cotton ones um I have wool stockings too, but they're so fluffy. They're not a worsted. They're a much, they're much more um, fluffy, nappy wool, so they're, they're just not nice enough to wear with any sort of fashionable gown. They're literally what I would wear when it was cold and snowy and rainy outside, and I had silk stockings on as my, as my interlayer, and then I would put the wool stockings on over top of that. Um, I think also where you have the stockings on your leg can also play a part in this. Um, A lot of people and a lot of images you'll see women, say in the 18th century, especially if it's like a sexy picture or these women are supposed to be upper class, they'll have the stockings pulled up over their knee onto their thigh and they'll have the garters tied around. But when you look at working class images and if you're like me, (laughs) that doesn't work. Working class images, the stockings are actually tied right below the knee, right the small right there. And then you can fold the the excess stocking material over, and that leaves everything from your from your kneecap up completely uh, bare and free, so you can get some air circulation going on there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's what that's what I like to do. Yeah, that's
1: where I do
0: mine mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it also helps with modern stockings that have elastic mm-hmm. or any kind of um, stretchy bit in the top, which yeah. is pretty much all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to To help with circulation as well, like yeah. just fold them down right under the knee. Yeah, and there you go. It's, it's not inaccurate to do that. <laughs> no, <guys>.
0: it's <laughs> perfectly fine. It's totally okay. Um, also, this is a little bit personal. I think it's more comfortable to go without modern underpants. <laughs> They didn't wear them back then and they didn't wear them Uh, for a reason. Um, That is personal choice. That is a personal choice, but (laughs) I always found it to be a little bit more comfortable. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) there's that too. Oh, another thing is um, how many layers you wear. Under petticoats, you know, you see them in the 18th century, you see them in the 19th century. In Fithian's journal, Philip Vickers Fithian, he, he was a, um, uh, a, a person who lived in Williamsburg in the mid-1770s, and he kept a diary, and he was a total... Well, I think he was a pervert. Um, total gossip, things he, like that. He liked young ladies. And he liked commenting on them a lot. <laughs> but he, he always would reference what they are wearing, which is actually really useful. And in the summer of 1774, so we're talking like June, July, and August... He, he interacts with a lot of um, gentry-class young women in the city of Williamsburg, and tons of them, well, tons of them, I mean, he talks about like 10 of them, but almost all of them, I actually think, are wearing silk quilted or a type of quilted petticoat in the middle of summer, and this seems counterintuitive, but what I think they're doing, and what other people think they're doing, and from my experience too, is that by wearing a a quilted petticoat, it's stiff enough that it's not going to hang and touch. In between the legs. In between the legs. It's gonna stick out and away from the body, allowing for more air circulation. And if you leave off the extra under petticoat underneath of that, where it might affect the overall silhouette, or maybe you wear a, a little bit uh, more linen
1: one instead. It, but
0: even one. then, I've gone without them completely, and mm. it actually makes a huge difference. Mm. When you just have your shift and a culti petticoat, you, you wouldn't think that it would make that much of a difference, but it really actually did. So the idea,
1: the eight, they're trying to do in the 18th century, obviously not on purpose, but what where I'm going with this is hoop skirts mm-hmm. later in the yeah. 19th century. Yeah um i'm sure you 19th century ladies have done this at some point you have worn a hoop skirt a cage crinoline and you've Mm -hmm. been nice and light and airy right maybe the next time you went to an event you wore petticoats instead maybe it was a lower class impression Mm -hmm. and how uncomfortable were you (laughs) i had sweat dripping down my legs because my petticoats were Mm -hmm. so hot oh i had on like did you not have recorded one on no i had like three or four petticoats on for a low-class low impression, yeah. and they were wrapping around my legs, and yeah, they were starched, but oh my god. It's awful. They, yeah. they trapped the heat in yeah. the way that the cage crinoline of any size yeah. kept, mm-hmm. kept me cooler. Um, so the idea of a quilted petticoat being a mm-hmm. skirt support, or your entire skirt, mm-hmm. is actually kind of interesting, yeah. especially if it's made
0: in, if it's a lightweight one, yeah, and and some of them they were listed as silk, and I think some of them were listed as as different materials like a, a linen or a cotton diaper, I think maybe. And I don't have fithian in front of me, so I, I'm I'm pulling this so out. So some of these like my, white white petticoats that either. we see in collections, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. some are petticoats. Could um, be, yeah. Interesting, um, but like even, but I know some of them were silk because another thing that was interesting. and We've gotten this question a few times, and people will ask it. Could you wear a, a printed cotton gown with a silk petticoat? Well, in Fithian, seventeen seventy four, there were plenty of women who were wearing a printed cotton gown, and they had a silk quilted petticoat on uh, as well. So the answer is yes. Uh, but so again, they're wearing the lightweight colored linen or cotton gown, and then a yeah. quilted petticoat underneath, and probably yeah. without anything really other than the shift below that. That actually makes a lot of sense from mm-hmm. a from a experience perspective, and.
1: And of note, of course, that quilted petticoat does not need to be silk. It can be yeah, another fiber. It can be something nice. we know silk is the hottest. Yeah.
0: And they also had a metal and and woven, so cotton quilted textiles that are woven kind of like to look, woven to look quilted, but they're in fact, um, they're not quilted. They're just yeah. woven that way. So that's, that's another thing to try. That's mm-hmm. probably something I will try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fascinating. So, so that works. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other questions? Someone asked, um, if you're wearing hair powder and become sweaty, does it mat your hair down? Also the makeup, how do you keep it from running in the heat? Um, I have never experienced sweat when it comes to hair powder. Um, Hair powder will absorb the moisture. You might need to add more around your hairline. That's actually what I would do, is just apply more hair powder if I was feeling particularly uh, glowy. I <laughs> like gl- glistening. Glistening um, is to add more hair powder to absorb the moisture. Um, when it comes to makeup, um, that's, that's a modern issue. Uh, if you're wearing like modern makeup, get a setting spray, <laughs> and that will be that's the only thing I can tell you. 18th century historic makeup, it's not going to really be that much of a problem because they really didn't wear that much. Um, yeah. the rouge is not going
1: to melt off your face if, no. if you're blending it into your skin. Yeah,
0: because it's like, depending on what it is,
1: it might yeah. just be really alcohol-based. So and we're not dealing with foundations no. and
0: Mm-mm. goop and whatnot that you're... Putting on your face, um, Though no, I can hear someone go. What about what about when they painted their face white for lead? That's another podcast, and I will I will go random about that.
1: <laughs> Abby's
0: other area of extreme expertise is makeup, um,
1: and, makeup, and so, many opinions on it. Um, yeah, so uh, and that's 18th century specific, but also most of the 19th centuries. Yeah. we're not having no wearing. wearing at least not obvious makeup. No. Um, the most obvious makeup is the 18th century stuff, and it's not formulated in a way that's going to melt off your face.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's that, those are whole different discussions altogether. Um, yeah.
1: Now, if so. you're playing Queen Elizabeth.
0: Uh, Urban Decay just, setting spray. That's what I recommend for you. <laughs>
1: grease makeup. Um, honestly, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> no. Nope.
0: A lot of powder and setting spray. Yeah. That's the only thing. A lot of powder. I feel like that's a question spray. for, like, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Because they deal with so much. Or class Like, like makeup on their face yeah, and the making fair. sure it's set and looks beautiful throughout the entire performance. And stuff. Yeah.
1: So we had some good suggestions about mm-hmm. cooling um, yeah. with, you know, cool cloths or ice packs or whatnot mm-hmm. in the stays under the boobs, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't, that sounds terribly uncomfortable to me, it, personally. It's, it's
1: whatever works for you. If you yeah. need to put a cool cucumber down and be there, <laughs> find you go right ahead. Um, but the, the, the overarching idea here is that if you are, if you're that hot, don't be like me at Novato in 2005, get out of the heat, go into the shade, go into the shade, Um, make sure you drink enough water, the really obvious things, put some lemon in your water as Mm -hmm. well, you need your electrolytes, make sure you're fueled, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, something. yes, make sure that you, you eat and that you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. because it is, it is hot, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's. You wouldn't do that in your normal clothes. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You wouldn't do that in your normal clothes. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you have to do that Mm -hmm. in
0: costume Mm -hmm. either. Now, something that a lot of my former co-workers actually recommended on this feed that a lot of people might sound shocking is while you should be completely conscious and aware of your body and how you are feeling and you should drink water. Do not drink soda, take it from me, I learned this the hard way. That's not gonna cut it, you gotta drink water. Don't go in and out of air conditioning to outside. That's a quick way to get a real bad headache. Yeah, it, it doesn't give your body time to adjust, and so it's, it's one of those things, like if you're at an event all day, try as hard as you can to stay outside from the early morning hours until you're done for the evening to allow your body to acclimate to the heat. If you get hot, go sit in the shade. If it's the middle of the afternoon, it's okay to go sit in the shade and lay down and take a nap and relax. People, I mean, that's like my summer. It gets so hot in the south, I was like, poof, I ain't doing anything. But I'm gonna go, go sit in the dark and watch a movie if and relax. If
1: you're on the edge of heat stroke, yeah, obviously we're not saying don't stay out of the AC. Yeah, um, go
0: inside, cool off, just spend spend, spend quite a just while be, in there. Yeah, just drink. Don't drink go in and out, in, in and there. out, in and out. You have yeah. to kind of commit to something yeah. and, and take and don't overexert yourself and things like that too. I, should, I feel careful. very obligated now to be like, we are not medical professionals, no. and, and we're not offering <laughs> medical advice officially. We're just offering personal opinions based off experiences. Please consult your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jane Austen
1: is good for your health. Um, sometimes. So, there you go. That's our uh, suggestions and mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. and ideas for mm-hmm. dealing with heat mm-hmm. while you're in costume. Yeah. Drink um,
0: water. Have fun. Wear long
1: sleeves. Cover up. Cover up. Linen. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 2017, wear sunscreen. I don't get that reference You haven't heard it yet. It's okay. We'll get I there. I thought
0: you were going to make a Ferris Bueller reference.
1: We'll get there. Bueller. Bueller. We'll get there. Anyway, um, thank you so much. This has been Fashion History. With American Duchess. I'm Lauren. And I am Abby. And we wish you a merry, merry reenactment season this
0: summer. Yes. Stay cool. You cool, Be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you have questions for us regarding this episode, you can shoot us an email at info at americanduchess.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And also, we will have a blog post with pictures and other nonsense. Sweaty. Sweaty uh, puns, no, Just kidding.
1: Um, we'll put up the pictures of, of the mm-hmm. uh, unlined gown and that kind of thing. Yeah, that we uh, talk about here. That we talk about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank and you our, for listening. Oh,
0: I'll post a link to Fithian as well so people can read it for themselves. There you go. And talk about Fantastic. snowy
1: bosoms. Yes, but that's uh, for, yeah, snowy. It, snowy. Uh, not heat. Wait, no. what? Anyway. Fithian. Anyways, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And until next time, this is uh, American Duchess Signed off. Woo! Bye-bye.